What's up, everybody? Yo, yo, My yo. name is Megan. This is Carrie. Her and shorty. we are in part two of our conversation about marriage. We've been answering questions. We had over 30 questions come in about marriage from how do you deal with that crazy, psychotic mother-in-law <laughs> to how do you deal with that crazy, psychotic daughter-in-law or spouse, communication, <laughs> finances. Does the Bible actually tell you to submit to your husband and all things involved on this episode of MC Unpacked? So many questions. So many it's questions. It's a lot to get to. There's We're, so many we, to get through. We have had to break this into two completely different yeah. podcasts, but let's just dive back into this. Yeah. And- and really, we're going to start off this next section. We tried to segment and fragment out the questions, yeah. but this next session, session and section, yes. session, Sally sold seashells by, by the, the seashore, seashore mm-hmm. is all about like, what are priorities? What are roles? Responsibilities, responsibilities within the home? Dinner it, role. I think a lot of people rolls. have that. Let me see that Tootsie roll. <laughs> I think a lot of people have those questions like, what should my role look like within yeah, the home? Because there's jobs for a woman. Okay. Uh, cook. Be pregnant, barefoot y'all, in the kitchen. Y'all do have every laundry, right to be offended make the right bed, now. Just, wash the this clothes. This is your chance. Have the baby. Stay Send home. Be Pastor quiet. Pastor Carrie, all the be emails. Be quiet and just, do it. He just would love listen it. to what I say. Hey, serve. Those are, I think we just nailed it. Wow. And cut. That's oh a wrap. Gosh, you're gonna get nasty emails, and I just gave everyone permission Nobody's to email send them me to you. An email. Come on, come no. on, girls. Send him some emails. Okay. That's. Okay. Think about what you just said. <laughs> come on, girls. Send him some emails. I don't think that what you said is what you meant to say. Also, ladies, please don't send me emails. You can send them to Megan.PastorCarrie'sWife.TheOCMovement.com. Okay. You know what I was saying. I know what you're saying. Some lady out there is like, thank God, I got permission. Let's go. All right. All right. Question number one. This is a good one. Let's talk real answers for these questions. Let's talk biblical answers. Yeah, biblical answers. Question number one is, how do you get your spouse to be healthier? In brackets, work out, eat right. Without being a nag. I'm sure yeah. a man wrote that question. You think without, so? No. No. <laughs> How do you get your spouse to be healthy? That's great. You go ahead. Yeah. Wow. This is a hard one because I do think there's a verse in Proverbs that talks about, um, at least it talks to wives about not being like a, a dripping faucet. Yeah. And um, my favorite verse. I mean, I'm paraphrasing full Megan version of the scripture, but yeah. it's pretty close, right? Yeah. And um, so I do think that the end of that sentence was important without being a nag Great. because um, it, it really does matter how you approach your spouse when you want to talk to them about something that's challenging, when you want to talk to them about something that you'd like to see from them. I mean, just constantly picking at their flaws or what you see wrong with them is never going to help you. So, um, I think this would require a really honest conversation that might be a little bit painful. Um, because you know, none of us like to hear what we're not doing well. Well, no, I like that you led with that (laughs) statement because that is so true that, you know, there's nobody likes a nag, whether it's the woman or the man. Yeah, nobody does. But that doesn't mean that we can, we don't need to prioritize health. Right. And so I think that's about sitting down as a family and talking about what what values do we hold as a family. And I think um, setting the stage with your spouse to say, hey, I need to talk to you about something that's going to be a little challenging. But I want to position it from a position of love and I want to share what my hopes are for you. Yeah. And then together we can land on what values do we have as a family mm-hmm. with regards to health and working out. We have a, a high value for that. Yeah. That doesn't mean we've had perfect seasons. It's no. always great. Everyone in our home is consistently doing a workout between five and six times a week. And we have made that a priority. We've had conversations with the two of us, with our family. And it's not easy because it's easy to get offended or it's easy to attach emotion to well, that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I can't speak for a man, but I know that as a woman, if, if you're having that conversation with me, I'm immediately, my natural response sure. is insecurity. And um, sure. and I imagine that might be the same way for a man. Um, to, totally. 100%. To immediately feel insecure. And so I think that we all have to, the responsibility of guarding our own hearts and realizing that our spouse loves us and cares about us and really does want the best for us. Yeah. And then when you sit down to have the conversation, um, the spouse that's sharing, I think it's okay for you to say, I love you. Like, I love you just the way you are, but I I really, what it, what matters to me is I want to have you around for a long time. Right. And I don't want to be doing this alone yeah. because you have a cardiac arrest or you're 
ha, you know, have a stroke because yeah. you're not taking care of your body. And the Bible says yeah, that our body is a temple of, temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? And so the, I think to say the patterns that I'm seeing are, are leading in a direction that I don't think we want to go as a family. And yeah. I don't want that for you and your health. I know you're going to feel more confident when you're consistently eating well and working out. And um, so I think it's just a hard conversation to yeah, have. Yeah, and we want to model that for our kids. Yeah. If we have kids in the home, we want to make sure that they recognize that health is a value. And then you need to let your spouse uh, drive their own pr priorities and goals and then set up a way yeah. that there's accountability with the both of you. And, uh, and, and it might mean a financial investment as well, because right. it might mean a gym membership or going to finding the right avenue for that. But I don't think that, that it's specifically this topic, our concerns of what that's going to, my, what my spouse is going to feel cannot be the priority, right? but how I posture and position that will impact how yeah, they respond. Yeah, I think that matters. So I am concerned about their feelings, yeah. but it's not my job to control their feelings. Yeah. It's my job to bring the truth and love. Totally. Right? And and the truth in love is not just being silent when it's really a, a potential problem. Because yeah. it might not just be healthier. It could right, be, it could be anything. It could be coping unhealthy with substance. Maybe yeah. it's alcohol or drugs, whether they're recreational or prescribed. It, it could be food, could be vegging on could Netflix. could be like one of the other questions that we read where... Um, the spouse had the tendency to just like be a workaholic, yeah. right? So it could be anything. It could be, yeah, it could be coping with, uh, you know, vegging out on video games, it could be mm -hmm. vegging out on Netflix or on social media, but yeah, same yeah. kind of concept. Let's look at this All next right. question. It says, sometimes, that? <laughs> sometimes my husband uses the verse about me having to submit to him. Keep it up. Sometimes he's joking, but some, let me, okay. I wrote this question. Did you? Good. <laughs> Good. Well, submit. I'm Don't teasing. ask it. Sometimes my husband it. uses the verse about me having to submit to him. Sometimes he's joking, but sometimes he's serious. What's the context of that verse? And is he right <laughs> that I have to do whatever he tells me? Okay. Well, okay. The easy answer is yes. Okay. <laughs> Next gonna, question. I, no. Nope. Unpack that a little bit. The easy please. answer is nowhere in that scripture does it say that the wife has to do whatever the, the male the husband tells her to do. Yeah. Uh, the easy answer to that is no, that's not the nature of a marriage. Now, there's a lot of contention uh, regarding this scripture. There's a, there's a lot of context. There's a lot of commentary on it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people will talk about the word submission being a mutual submission, like we're under the same mission. We're on the same mission. That's got a great strength. And, and I can see a lot of that in yeah. that scripture. I mean, the beginning of Ephesians, before you get to that scripture, does talk about submit to one another. It, it does totally. talk about that. Like, yeah, the... I can't think of the words I'm trying to say. Go ahead. No, continue. you're absolutely right. <laughs> Nowhere in the scripture do we see anywhere where God gives us any individual permission to lord over or mm -hmm. dictate over someone else. In fact, what we see over and over and over again is the idea of being a servant. It's yeah. being, in fact, the Bible says the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Yeah. If you want to be the greatest amongst these, then learn to be a servant. So yeah. you got to weigh scripture against scripture. And I found, I found the scripture and this is what I was trying to get to. It says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's out of like this, just, I have this, uh, I, I have an honor for you, for who you are, because you are a child of God. You are a son of God. And the same for me. I, you have honor for me because of who I am. I'm a, I'm a daughter of God. Yeah. And, and so we, we care and we lean into one another. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that that's important to note, but what, go ahead with what you were trying to say about yeah, the no, that's great. specific but, scripture. But I want to say specifically that the position that we hold at the Movement Church would be, we, we have an entire podcast about this, would be like a small C complementarian, and that is that women and men are equal in value, and there's no, we believe according to Scripture that women can hold multi, any position within the church, mm -hmm. and, and so it's not, we're not egalitarian, that it's completely equal, because we also hold that there is a headship of a man. The, the Bible clearly says that God is the head of Jesus, Jesus is the head of the church, and the man is the head of the household. So we can't dismiss that, and we can't, and there's a lot of contention around the word headship, and I've read numerous commentaries on that. We can have another discussion about that, but we, we do believe at the end of the day, there might need to be a buck stop. In other words, somebody has to make a decision. The Bible also says you cannot serve two masters. So there's always order in, in all throughout the Scripture that there is a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but 
the, the Son and the Spirit are subject to God the Father. There's always order. And so in our home, we don't make a single decision, big or small. Well, small is irrelevant, but we don't yeah. make big decisions in our home unless we're in alignment on that decision. Right. Probably once or twice in our marriage, there's been times we didn't have the right answer. And I just said, you know what? Would you trust me on this? I think this is the right decision. And you might have said, you know, I don't know. I don't agree. But yes, I will. Because at the end of the day, somebody does have to be responsible. And according to the word, at so, when I stand before Jesus, I will be held accountable for how I led my family. Megan won't be held accountable on the same standard. It will be different for me. But that doesn't give me permission to say, I'm the head of the household. You have to do what I say. Right. That doesn't mean I haven't said that before. <laughs> it does not mean no. you haven't said that yeah. before. And it doesn't mean that you I, followed willingly. I, I did not. Yes. Um, I would I would highly suggest that you minimize the the joking about the uh, submit to me, even though Pastor Kerry likes to throw those jokes out here and there, but they just tick your spouse off. So I think they work. They hit you well. You know, they don't no, necessarily. You're absolutely right. Um, and it, it abuses, I think, the, what the beautiful truth of the scripture is and what what's trying to be presented here and I think I think what you you've explained is exactly how we operate it's the fact that um, at the end of the day you're you are going to be held accountable for um, our family as the head of this home but we operate in alignment and we've talked about that a lot through this podcast a lot in our me mm-hmm. and my house yeah. series at the movement church and um and we we don't make big decisions unless we have gotten to a place Alignment of alignment because I know I'll stand accountable for how I value and listen to what you say yeah and you're a helpmate to me which means that I probably rarely have a hundred percent of the answer I probably have just a portion and you have the other portion and vice versa yeah and there's times where we lean into one another's strengths yeah so we both recognize what what each of us are good at and there's times where you say I'm going to defer to you because this is is your area of strength and in the same way I would say uh, you take that you make that decision because I don't know you don't think I make that do that very often (laughs) do you he just smirked at me while I was saying that out loud like calling me a liar with his face I didn't call you a liar I I didn't call you a liar that's a really hard (laughs) one for you we'll do i'm gonna i gotta submit a question to us here in a minute okay submit a question no but i think it's just like grace for sin i mean god's grace is sufficient there is nothing we can do to sin ourselves outside of the will of god but never has that ever been permission to sin paul talked about that should i continue in sin that grace may abound oh god forbid that's that's not understanding the nature of god it's taking advantage of the grace of God. And so my point is this, if, if, if as a man you're having to say, hey, submit to me, you're fighting a losing battle. If as a woman you're struggling, you're going, wait a minute, do I have to listen? You're also fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Because as the man, you should be thinking through the filter of what does my wife need and our family need to succeed and thrive? And how can I learn and glean from my spouse? Yeah. And as a woman, Same. you should be saying, I want to honor and respect my husband. And what does he need to thrive and succeed? What does our family, and you know what? I want to follow his leadership as much as give him some insight. And it's both of you coming to the table going, man, I want what's best for you and this yeah. family. Yeah. And that changes the nature and, um, and it changes the heartbeat behind yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's, I think a great thing to remember is it's not about being right. Correct. Um, for either party, it's not about who's right. It's about how do we, what is how right. do, yeah, what is right and how do we come into alignment on this? So. What I mean by that is what's right for our family. Yeah. You know, it's probably the biggest ones we had challenges with was in the early days with discipline, with regards to discipline. I thought Megan was too soft and she thought I was perfect. It made sense. I thought, yeah, and, okay. um, <laughs> she thought I was too hard and, and it was like, we couldn't align. I thought she was enabling them and she thought I was just like going so intense that they were going to never want to be in her home. And we got insight from a coach yeah. and it was like, click. And they said some things that was what you had been saying, but I heard it different Yeah, and I go, Oh, I, okay. I, <laughs> well, I they see. probably said it better than I said it. I'm sure I said it in a terrible 100%, way. hundred percent, but that's not important. <laughs> My point is you were right 
but what I heard was what was right for our family. And I go, okay, I can get behind yeah. that. But then even as we begin to mm-hmm. act that out on how do we discipline and bring structure to our family, you have had to lean on me to remain consistent. Yeah, for sure. Because that is where you would struggle, where I would be a little too harsh, you would lack in the consistency. So yeah. so we landed together on this is how we discipline our in our family, but then after we pulled strength from each other. And that is the same for finances. It's the same for the values that drive our home. It's the same for how we plan our calendar. And and then we put in some place, some things that help us, like our financial budget helps make decisions financially. Right. Our calendar makes decisions for what we're going to do because yeah. we build our calendar. So that helps along the way. Yeah. But let's move on. Okay, I think let that, me do this next question. Cause, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, it says this. My <laughs> wife usually takes it upon herself to do most of the chores because she likes things done a certain way. But then if I don't help, she gets mad. <laughs> I've tried to learn and understand, but I feel like if I help, I'm wrong. And if I don't help, I'm wrong. <laughs> How can I help more so that she doesn't feel the pressure of having Holy to do it all? smokes. <laughs> and a lot of the men were like, yes. They're like, thank you they for saying this question. immediately texted their wives. It's essentially what you're saying yeah. is I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Right. I think and it's a great question. It is a great question. And, and I think this probably could go either way, but a lot of times when I encounter this specific conversation, <laughs> it tends to be a wife that uh, likes things done a certain way. The yeah. dishwasher loaded Little a certain OCD. way, clothes folded a certain way, things put in specific cabinets. And, um, and I just got to say, you, you do have to choose. So you can, you can have it all done exactly the way you want to do it and you can do all of it but you don't get to complain about doing all of it. Correct. So if you want to have some help. If you have control issues, you don't get to complain about what your control issues create within the home. You can't. You you can have a conversation and and land on a a method together, but if your husband, let's just say, if your spouse is stepping in to help you, you can't be angry and controlling about the way in which they're stepping in to help. And anal. Yeah. And you can't come back and fix it after one. You got to let it be. You got to learn to just let go of a few things. And in both areas, express gratitude. You cannot yeah. choose both. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Right. You got to choose one or the other. And if you are the spouse, because I think sometimes I'm I'm anal, pretty mm-hmm. anal, and I'm pretty OCD about a lot of things. I had to let that go in a lot of areas. But I can be that way too. Yeah. And so it, it, could it go, doesn't it have could to be go the, either the, direction. the wife, but this one says my wife. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> so let's just address that. The dude who wrote this question. Yeah. So if you're the dude, you also equally do not have permission to not, to choose not to learn what preferences your wife has. You don't get to go, look, I'm going to do it my way or not at all. Yeah, that's true. Just as much as your wife can't do it all and complain about it. You probably, if you're a dude and you're married, you probably have a job. If you don't get a job (laughs) right now and you at your job, the chances are that you knew everything to do when you first got there is very slim. You had to learn. Yeah. You had to learn a new skill set. You had to learn a new trait. You had to learn to do it the way that your boss wanted you to, you to, you had to learn how to fit within the system. So learn how to load the freaking dishwasher, right? It's a preference for her. And if you load the dishwasher, right, it'll turn out better for you that night anyways. (laughs) So just learn how to do it right. Okay. But also all of the women that are listening are like, see, pastor Carrie told you, learn how to do it my way. I'm just, I'm going to come in on the other side of that and say, you have have some control issues and you're going to have to figure out how to let go of some of those control issues because you cannot, as much as you think you can, you cannot control every aspect of your life. And if you do, it will push the people that you love away from you. So you have to learn how to let go of some of those control issues. And there are some things that are easier than others to let go of. And one of those, maybe just let me suggest might, maybe it's the dishwasher because the dishes are going to get washed. the way you clean the floors or the way the countertop is, is wiped up. Like maybe just maybe give a little on something because one way or another, you have to learn how to let go of some of those control issues. And if you're like, well, never mind, I'm just going to do it all myself and I won't complain. Listen, not just complain to your husband, but 
not complain to your friends, not complain in your own mind, don't hold not complain to your spouse. anybody. No, so- <laughs> it means you choose joy in the fact that you are doing all the chores by yourself yeah. and you love your husband for it. Yeah. If you, you love can't him. be there, then you, you are causing problems. And it might mean you need to set the standard on what cleanliness looks like in every area of the home. Yeah, that's true. We've had to do that with our kids yeah. at our house. We make the bed every day. Yeah nine 360 days of the year you walk into our bedroom the bed will be made there definitely are the five days there's about five days it's not and you know what that same standard is for our kids yeah but we had to not only help our kids make that a standard we had to tell them no 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 let me show you what your bed being made looks like (laughs) because now for avery it will just be it I don't even know how well, okay. to explain Actually, it. Actually, I think Avery's a great a great, great example for this because Avery, her definition of clean is nowhere near mine. Great. And um, there have been, for years, I will go into her room and immediately all I can do is nitpick how she hasn't done it right. Yeah. And so I've had to learn, like Correct. I have to let go of some control in that because she has to she has to learn for herself how to in other clean, words right? our, in, in for that instance her bedrooms the standard of clean for their baby doesn't match ours yeah but it exceed, exceeds hers right whereas brooklyn would just hide it all yeah. she would close the door and she knew how to work things where you didn't see it and so she would when she would clean she would clean very great but yeah. we just had to go okay my standard doesn't have to be ma- matched, but your standard needs, needs to, to be, be elevated and elevated. So I feel <laughs> yeah. like that's good. That's great. That's great. Uh, and the next question here says, yeah. I want to lead, but I don't feel like I can lead at the level that my wife would appreciate. Hmm. That's a big question. There's a lot of ambiguity in here. So I'm yeah. going to do my best to answer that. Um, and the next question is kind of interesting too. It says, uh, what can fathers do to excel in the management of people in their household rather than just the management of things? So I wonder if is, that is leadership. Yeah, related. I think it's kind of, it sounds like it's about the roles within mm-hmm. the home. And uh, you know, one of the things we get talked to all the time is especially from women is they, um, I just want my husband to be a spiritual leader in our yeah. household or lead in our home. And I often wonder when women say that to Do us. Do you really want I, that? I say, <laughs> why don't you ask Megan what that... All right, before you pray, why don't you ask her, what does that look like? Take a day in the life of Megan because... And you are a strong leader. Uh-huh. Ain't, there ain't nothing... There, there ain't nothing passive, maybe passive aggressive, but not <laughs> passive about you because it's going to come out at some point. Yes. And so there's no shortage of leadership in any of the humans who in, in, inhabit who our live home, in our house, except yeah. for the dogs. They're the most passive aggressive wieners in the world, but that's probably not appropriate. Oh, now we're going to get an E next to our podcast. So <laughs> let's move on. Uh, we get this question asked a lot of times. And so often my question back, and it sounds like even this first question, I want to lead, but I I don't, here's the quotes, feel like I yeah. can lead at the level my wife would appreciate. So I feel like the first step would be, what is the level your wife would appreciate? So it sounds like you need to have a conversation yeah. and say, hey, do you feel, am I meeting expectations as far as the husband's role of leading in this home? Yeah. That's a first starter. Yeah, that's starter. a great question. That might un- most people don't like to ask great questions like that because it means we got to keep going with the conversation. Uh-huh. But then to go, okay, what does that look like? And I think for both you as the dude, I think it's important for you to understand what you're actually responsible to do. I did a curriculum on this. You can find it on our YouTube channel. It's called Act Like Men and yeah. really unpack this specifically for guys. So I'd encourage you to check that out. I'm not going to unpack the fullness of yeah, that. It's a resource you can check it's, out. It's, it's a free resource. And, um, and I think that it, creating the expectations is important, but I think that often what the, when I boil down all the conversations, when I listen to women talk about what they're wanting and I try to read in the subtext, mm-hmm. which is very dangerous with a woman, yeah, that is very dangerous. But I think the biggest thing is they want their husband to take initiative spiritually. Right. To take initiative means you be the one to say, hey, let's pray about that. You be the one to make sure that you're prioritizing church attendance, that you're organizing your schedule so you can get your butt into a small group or a connect group. Yeah. That you're checking in spiritually with your wife. How you doing? How can I be praying? Doesn't mean you have to have more verses memorized. Doesn't mean you have to... Be closer to God than you've ever been. It just means you're taking the steps to initiate that. And I, that, that's simplified. 
but I think that is a great step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, I, I think what you, um, it's definitely, I think what most women are looking for is for their husband to lead spiritually. And so, um, that's a great start. But I also think that conversation with your spouse saying, um, what, what would you appreciate from me when it comes to leading our home? Um, I think that would be a great place to start. And, uh, if you're the wife and your husband comes to you with that kind of a, a question, um, you need to go real slow and think through your answers because you can't you're rattle have off an out of body experience. Yeah, first. you are. <laughs> and it, no matter, you're going to have the list ready. Yeah. Let me tell Let you. Let me tell you. And then you've got like a list, list so maybe of go, 20 things. Can I get back to you? Sorry. Jump yeah. On. Well, what I was going to say is you're going to have to narrow that list down. Maybe what are the top? Maybe take a, take it 24 hours. Ma- maybe take 24 hours. You know what? I really value and appreciate the fact that you asked me that yeah, question. Totally good. And I would love to think about that for the next 24 hours and can we talk about this tomorrow and then take some time and pray and sit down and think it through and instead of making a list of 10 or 20 things maybe narrow it down to five things that would be meaningful to you or Or, three okay hold on I'm going somewhere too okay so three to five things that would be meaningful to you. And when you share that with your husband and he listens to that, then then really, again, validate the fact that he asked you like what would be Great. important to yeah. you. And then don't expect all five things at once. Like if he, if he works on one of those areas and you see for a him year. for a year, if he's working on one of those things, validate, show your appreciation, notice the fact that he's really working on that list that you gave him. And Instead of going, oh, well, he didn't hit the other four. You you stop and you go, no, this one thing is Great. amazing. And if it takes another year to get to number two, then awesome. We're winning. So I've just got to tell you, you got to encourage your husband in the process as well. That's great. Yeah. I love that. This question, what can fathers do to excel in the management of people in their household rather than just the managing of things? You know, a lot of times, not, a, not every home, not every case, a lot of times, uh, dad's a major breadwinner. Mom may either have a part-time job or a different job and is primarily with younger kids, watching kids, or that's uh, often. Or even if she's working, she's making the plan for the kids. Correct. Like I've, I've worked most of our, our married life with yeah. our kids, but I tend to make you the plans for mind. the kids. Yeah. I yeah. tend to make the plans. Yeah, you do. You, you're, you manage our yeah. household, but we make decisions for our home together. Yeah. So you're the one going, okay, we have this on this day, this on this day, this party, this conversation. Okay, cool. We set the calendar together. But that doesn't mean I just abdicate everything else and then, hey, call me when you need me. There's not like a butler bell. I'm fully engaged in the conversations and the roles and everything like that. So yeah. that's that's a big part of it. But it's, it's clarifying the expectations of the roles within the home. Yeah. And then I think you got to create space to actually be a family. And the best thing you can do is like get a couple family dinners in a week. Totally. And make sure that a portion of the weekend that you're sitting down, hanging out, playing some cornhole outside or mm-hmm. engaging and reinvesting in your kids and then the next thing is, depending on how crazy your work schedule is, I think if your kids are in sports, be it every practice and or game that you can. Practice is a little bit excessive, yeah. but just get there cheering on your kid, making sure that they know, hey, I'm for you no matter what. I mean, we our daughter plays volleyball in a, for a club here, and... 90% of the, 99% of the tournaments are over a weekend, which is a Sunday. And I don't know if y'all know what we do. We're pastors and it's kind of a big day. <laughs> it's kind of a big day in our world. 52 of them uh, a year, but we just decided, okay, so, uh, we're going to set our preaching schedule. And whenever Avery's volleyball tournament comes out, with the one scheduled to preach will preach and the other will be at the tournament, yeah. which means we miss church. And, uh, and, but there have been exceptions to that hundred percent, and where we've sent her with friends because we both needed to be at church that day. And again, that's a, a value and part of the mission of our family is, is building the church. And so, uh, wh- I think that's one of the next questions is why, why is it important to set goals and have vision and for your, your family and your marriage. But, um, I think that, if you can be a part of cheering your your kids on in the things that are they're passionate about, I think that makes such a big Speaks difference volumes. in their life. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they dictate your schedule yeah. because otherwise you raise child CEOs, which we Absolutely. talked about in our last podcast. So there is a balance with yeah. that. The other thing is, especially when they're younger, but ne- never never abdicating this is creating a space where you come in as a family and have a spiritual moment 
with your kids. One of the things we've been doing for years is morning <laughs> affirmations with our kids. And we yeah. go through six or seven memory verses, a mantra, the 10 commandments. If you've been I would around call the church, it carpool devotionals because we always did it in the car on the way yeah. to school. <laughs> and it's just our time. And then we finish that with prayer. And that yeah. happens every day yeah. or every school day. Yeah. So not Saturdays and Sundays, but every school day we're doing that. And so it started in preschool, but we still have Avery, who's a freshman in high school, walk through all of them, all of it, because it's so crucial. It's so, our time yeah. to, to make sure we're, we're prioritizing that. Yeah. But, okay, this next question says, how do you maintain autonomy oh, when every decision you make affects your spouse? <laughs> and this is an interesting question. So I'm not sure if I understand the nature of what you're asking, but I would say you don't maintain autonomy. Nope. Uh, because the scripture says the man and the wa- woman should leave their mother and dad and come together. And, and the two, two shall become, become one. one. <laughs> which is the opposite of autonomy. Right. Um, and so that doesn't mean you lose individuality. Right. God created you uniquely, but he's also going to weave your stories together and weave your passions yeah. together. And and so we actually would, would say you shouldn't maintain autonomy. And the fact that every decision you make affecting your spouse means you should calculate it even greater than before. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot to say about that because yeah. when you said yes to your spouse, you said yes to becoming one. So yeah. um, again, you don't lose your individuality. You can still have your own personality and your yeah. own, your own preferences, the things you love, the things you don't like, but but you become one. So every decision you make does affect your spouse. And it doesn't mean that you you have to spend every waking moment with each other. Yeah, I think we're going to get there. Isn't that a question? I think we already hit it. Oh, did we? Um, and so, yeah, I, like I play golf once yeah. a week if I can. That's four hours uh, that we're not together at least. And then we have different, even though we work in the same place, we have different work schedules. Uh, we don't share the same office, even though we're in the same, you know, so we're, we're just not together all the time. Right. So we have our own individuality and that we have our, some, our own friendships with different yeah. people. So, all right, let's move on to family boundaries. We had a lot of questions come in about this. I, I'm aware. Okay. Uh, let's move on to family boundaries. Um, especially as you have a growing family and if uh, in-laws are involved, this can be a challenge. And yeah. one of the questions that came in was, can you speak to, <laughs> to being a newlywed and navigating families in regards to holiday traditions? Oh. Another question was, how do we enforce boundaries with family when they are not being respected? And another question <laughs> was, how can I create safe and healthy boundaries with in-laws without causing fights that last one i don't know if there's a correct answer yeah. for that but let's talk about some boundaries and uh and what what would be healthy with that and maybe some stuff that we had to explore early on yeah i mean i think speaking to the newlywed navigating families man this is this is challenging right because yeah. you've just brought two families together and everybody has their own traditions and their yeah. own things that are so important to and them. everybody you know your christmas it was <laughs> always christmas eve and then their Christmas was always Christmas night and, and you ate ham and peas and they ate turkey and mashed potatoes. Yeah. Like, oh my God, which one do we do? And who do we go see? And well, my family always celebrated flag day. So we've got to hang out for it. So anyways. <laughs> so again, uh, you're going to have to have a conversation with your spouse and you're going to have to land on what would be important to you guys in this new marriage, in this new life that you're building. Well, first and foremost, what would 100%. be what would be important for you guys as you're building your own new family traditions? And then you get to have the conversation conversation once you've once you've arrived on that together with your in-laws and and just sharing here's here's what we would love I, I would encourage you do if you have family close by man what a beautiful yeah. gift we we don't have all of our family we haven't close. the the bulk of our marriage we've been yeah. married for 23 years almost and we only had family close for six of those years yeah. and the bulk of those was before our kids yeah and we miss it we've got friends that have become family but i'm just if you do have family close to you and you can celebrate holidays together um and find some workarounds to do that i would encourage you create some moments and and i, I mean I could go so many directions with this conversation, unless it's like a really unhealthy dynamic. You you don't have well, to. We need do to that. define unhealthy. Unhealthy would be verbally, physically abusive, yeah. physically, physically abusive. Yeah. Um, it would be. It's not just. Do you have a mother-in-law who sometimes makes some snide comments? That's not right. Unhealthy. Toxic would be if you get into environments and you know family members are just belligerently drunk and it's just crazy and you don't yeah. want your kids and that. That's a different, different. story. But I think one thing that is important, and we've hit this over and over and over and over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again, and we'll hit it again in the upcoming components, is that first sit down with your spouse and talk through expectations, yeah. talk through values. When it comes to holidays and traditions, we're no longer going to be able to do all of the all traditions. The <laughs> 
And as you have young kids, you're going to want to create, you're going to want to create new traditions. So I remember early on, we just said, you know what, let's, we made a list of all of our family traditions and there was a a billion of them. Yes. And we just kind of did like a, a holiday tradition draft like this. And we prioritized them yeah. and, and then said, okay, you know what? We're going to just slowly remove these from being our traditions. We're going to try to hang on to these. But most importantly, we're going to prioritize the future of our young kids and create mm-hmm. our own. And we were blessed because our families liked each other and had relationship with one another. So we were able to morph some of our family holidays together. It definitely helped. Which but was fun. There was also a time where I had to sit down with my family. You had to sit down with your family. And we said, okay, for the major holidays, this is what we're going to be able to do. But for everything else, we're probably not going to hang out with you. And I just want you to know that in advance because we're going to build some relationships with some other friends and start some of our own traditions. And that was hard. It was challenging at front. And then we just stuck to our guns with that. Yeah. And we stayed careful. So setting some boundaries. Let me just pause there. Boundaries in relationship are created to maintain the relationships, not to excommunicate relationships. So we create boundaries to say, I still want to be actively a part of your life. I love and I value you, but I'm putting this boundary so that we can maintain a healthy relationship. Boundaries is not excommunication. Boundaries, listen to me, is not quiet manipulation of trying to get your spouse to stop being with their family and start doing what you want want nowhere would that be a biblical perspective because we both work together right and the thing about family is there's nothing like it you immediately connect you could be separated for years or months or whatever and then you get back together and it's amazing yeah and the horrible thing about family family family. sucks sometimes (laughs) it's messy and mother-in-laws say things sometimes and father-in-laws post things sometimes and and sometimes they get a little manipulative but you know what you just sometimes suck it up buttercup yeah and you know what you have grace for the people that you love you just extend grace because you don't always agree or love like have a personal preference towards what totally your in-laws do but you just you just extend grace and uh yeah. So you sit down and you set values for your family yeah. when it comes to holiday and time spent. You set values for your family when it comes to week in and week out if your kid's going to go hang out with grandparents. And then you communicate those values. And then you both together have conversations to reiterate the values. And if there is a failure to meet that expectation by your in-laws or cousins or aunts and uncles or by anybody, then you sit down and say, hey, Here's the standards. Here's the boundaries. We really are hoping you can help us with that. And yeah. just like with that, we talked about when it comes to cleaning and being OCD, maybe some of your boundaries, the standard needs to be lowered a little bit and the family might need to raise some of the yeah. standards as, a little bit as well. Yeah, no, I would just, I would just really encourage you wherever you're at in this family dynamic, because imagine that we have people listening that are the newlyweds yep. that are trying to figure this out. And I imagine that we have people listening to this podcast that are the mom and dad of the newlyweds who are 100%. trying to figure this out. So I would just encourage you, like, just everybody be flexible. Like, like really, like you don't have to do things the same way it's always been done. Correct. So get creative, be creative problem solvers with how you're going to spend time together, how you're going to build these new family traditions. Um, don't be so stuck in your ways that you can't bend a little blessed are the flexible for they shall not break. Right. And so I, that's not really in the Bible. I just added that there, but I, I think that that really matters. Like give, give grace to one another and work together to get creative with how you can celebrate this new season of life together. Yeah, it's great. And I think the key is it starts with a conversation that there's alignment on. So that doesn't mean that if Mm. wife, if you are saying we're not doing this, da 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 da, and your husband is just going with the program, that's not alignment or vice versa. If the dude says, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. And the wife is not in agreement or in alignment. That's not alignment. So you make sure you have alignment. And when you don't have alignment, what do you do? You call a coach. You get a coach. All right, let's move on. All right. Let's talk about finances. I love this first question that came in. It's <laughs> so funny. Question. I think it's actually, it just kind of covers the whole thing. Yeah. How do you get the saver to live a little? And how do you get the spender to save a little? I like that. How do you get the <laughs> saver to spend a little? And how do you get the spender to save a little? I think that's it's a so great good. question. 
And we uh. had so many. Another one that came in said, my wife loves to spend money. She doesn't always look at the account. She just spins, and I'm stuck with the stress. And then if I bring it up, I'm always the bad guy. How do I get her to understand to go along with, with the budget? The budget? <laughs> uh, I, there's another one that came in about just not being aligned with how... Opening you know, credit cards and yeah, things like that. Yes. Yeah. And so just what that looks like and how to spend money. And so, you know, one of the things that we... Go ahead. Yeah, I would say the first thing you're going to have to do, I think this is a trend in almost every question that has been asked and every answer we've given, just mm -hmm. so you know, you're going to have to sit down together and have a conversation, conversation and get an alignment about what your budget needs to look like. Based and upon your values. Based upon your values and based upon how many dollars are coming into your bank account, right? Yeah. There's this easy principle <laughs> yeah, with money. There is. If you spend more than you're bringing in, you're going to be broke as a joke. Right. So you don't have to wonder if that's true. You don't have to guess if that's true. It's true. So yeah. you sit down and, and you, you build a budget. And and listen, we would encourage you as you're sitting down as a family to build a budget. Remember in the very beginning of this, we talked about building a foundation for yep. your marriage based on the word of God and the foundation of what God says. It's, it lays a beautiful um, framework for yeah. how to build our lives. And so I would encourage you as you sit down to build your budget, to take your income, the amount of money that's coming into your home and to start first with what God tells you to do. He says, first of all, return the first 10% to me. Yep. That's the tithe. It's me saying, God, you've entrusted me with the ability to make wealth. And so I'm going to return the part to you that you have said is yours. I promise you that's one of the hardest things that you will do. But if you will put it first at the very top of yep. your budget, don't let anything else get in the way, but do that first. The word of God tells you that he's going to take care of your finances. The and same so, faith that it requires to believe that God became man, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and paid the punishment for your sins and my sins, was buried and then three <laughs> days later raised from the dead and days after that ascended into the clouds to the right hand of the Father and is now glorified in heaven. The same faith it takes to believe that is the same faith it takes to, to trust return. that God said, hey, test me in this. Yeah. Just, I know you're going to struggle. It's going to be easier for you to believe that Jesus be, was a God and became a man, died for your sins, than it is to test, to actually follow this and trust me enough, not Carrie, but God, to give 10% back to him, to return it to him, and watch that he'll do more with your 90% than you ever yeah. thought possible with your 10%. People yeah. always say, I can't afford to tithe. And, and you we can't always afford say, not to. You can't afford Yeah. Not to. And I know that you might be listening and thinking, oh, great, here's pastors again yeah. talking about the tithe. But listen, we're talking to you about the word of God and how to apply it to your life so that you can flourish in your marriage, totally. so that you can flourish in your finances. And every single time we're going to come back to what the word of God says, because you can take it to the bank. If yeah. God says it, you can count on it. And so we would just encourage you as you're building a plan for your finances, start with the tithe. And then you begin to work out from there. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about how to build yeah. a budget. You there if you don't know how to do that you're welcome to reach out and we can set you up with some people that will help you with that a great resource is financial peace university yeah, that is great with dave ramsey his principles even just the very beginning of that is are brilliant he is got a podcast it's fantastic his daughter's on him on mm -hmm. it with him now she's fantastic she's um, there you can, if you don't know, you can Google how to build a budget. You can get on chat GPT and AI will build a budget. <laughs> that part should be the easy part. But then what you do is you need to create some space. If your finances allow it right, to spend a little extra money for the spender and then Mr. Or Mrs. Spender, that is your limit. And you can't go over it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you create a space where the saver, you also get to save. So that means that you may not be able to save as, as much as you want to. And that means you may not be able to spend as much as you want to. But it's not about what you want. It's about what's best for your marriage. And I'm telling you, we used to have to do this same thing. Uh, and this is back when we were on paycheck to paycheck. Oh and I remember there we had date our date. We did the cash envelope system. And we got to put aside $17.50 per month for dates which is nothing which mean it meant it had to be really creative it had to be so creative but you know what we just had to learn the principles early on because they translate <laughs> into later on but i will tell you this you know i i, I think it's um what's his name good gosh 
Warren Buffett, I think he says the uh, 80-20 rule, right? If you can learn to live off of 80% of your, your income where you put 10% towards generosity and 10% into savings, that's a great ground rule. But that, that's irrelevant. Yeah. We we'll have to stick with that. Yeah, right? but the bottom line is you're going to have to sit down with your spouse, have a conversation, build a budget, and then make your decisions and live your life based upon that budget, right? Yeah, and that means that you're going to have to look at it monthly. Yeah. And you spend every dollar before it comes in. In other words, every dollar that comes in monthly has a place that it's going, whether it's mortgage, uh, utilities, savings, expenses, yeah. whatever it is, and you spend it before the dollars come in. Yeah. So that way you're not going, ooh, what do we feel? And that means that every month you're both sitting down and looking at the finances and making sure you're staying accountable with that. Yeah. And I think that if you don't do that, you're you're cruising for a bruise and no matter what. Yeah. So. You know, the next question says, should you combine finances after marriage? And then the other one is very similar. It says, why does sharing the same bank account matter in marriage? Yeah. I, and it, this one I get a lot in uh, pre-marriage counseling yeah. with couples. And usually it's one of two things. Usually it's, it's uh, an individual's second marriage, mm-hmm. uh, or not their first marriage, I should say, rather. Or they're a little older, a little more established financially. Whereas when you're young and you're broke as a joke, yeah. you need to combine them because you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, and so I do get this a lot. And I you cannot, there's not a specific biblical value that would say yes or no to this, but I would return back to the same question with regards to autonomy, and I would say that your lives are coming together. The Bible says that two have become one, and my encouragement is yes, to combine the finances, to find alignment, because otherwise, you're, the, the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it's going to be hard for you to have your finances here and their finances there and to still have full alignment and unity. It's possible, but I think it's going to be more challenging because your heart follows your pocketbook mm-hmm. and you want to find that alignment. Now, I would say a caveat or an asterisk in that would be if you're older, it's not your first marriage, and you have assets that you are saving to set aside as an inheritance for your children, but the spouse you're getting married to either has their own children or doesn't have any of their own. And that's when I could say, yeah, you know what we're going to do before we get married? We're going to land on, I want you to know, here's what I am setting aside. Here is all of my stocks and investment. Here's the real estate. Here's the assets I have. We're going to put it in writing that when I pass, that is going to go to my kids. And if your spouse that you're marrying has children of their own, I would encourage you to do the same thing. But then from this point on, our finances are going to be together. So that would be the asterisk or the caveat that I would suggest for that. But ultimately, I think the best thing you can do, doesn't mean it's a biblical value. Yeah. But the best thing you can do is to combine finances. Yeah. And so maybe you're wrestling with that because I I do appreciate you said this isn't a biblical value. But if you start to if you apply some biblical principles, you can find the the value in it. So I think if you're wrestling with that, I think it would be great to get some insight to sit down with a coach, sit down with a pastor and just get some insight because uh, a a spiritual leader in your life might be able to see um, beyond just what you're you're talking about and see what are some of the bigger issues that you're wrestling with why is this actually right. an issue and you might just need an outside perspective to have that conversation with you yeah because it sounds like there's there's a lack of trust somewhere yeah. that's my biggest beef with it it feels like a lack of trust uh and so if there's a lack of trust then we need to have a bigger conversation. Yeah. And if you're not married, you need to pump the brakes right now and bring in a coach because I think that matters. Yeah. In other words, why is one party hesitant to combine finances? Are they still working through triggers from past relationships? The other component that I don't like is it creates a space for secrecy. Yeah. I don't like that. Right. I don't like that part either. I, I think, think that's one of the things that that to me is the is a whole, the fact that I have access to finances that I'm not accountable to you on is a problem yeah. on either side. I think so too. And uh, I just think those two things are red flags. It doesn't mean when we say it's not a biblical value, what we mean is you're not going to find a Bible verse yeah, about that. that clearly says husbands and wives combine your finances. Right. But we can pull biblical principles right. out of the word. And so those are, that would be my yeah. encouragement on that. 
Let's yeah. jump onto this last section. Yeah, let's talk about communication for a communication. minute. Communication. And we had a lot of questions come in. Um, one of them uh, said, yeah, let's just kind of hit one at a time. Yeah, let's start let's at this, this bottom one. It says, okay. sometimes I feel like I always do things my wife wants to do, but she doesn't make much mm. effort to do the things I like. She makes me do those alone. How can I bring her into my world without being mean or forceful? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. And I think our answer is going to start the same way our answers have started for most other questions. <laughs> and I think that's important to <laughs> yeah. note is because when you look at a strong and healthy relationship, a strong and healthy marriage, or let's not even say strong and healthy. When you look at the pillars that you need to build a strong and healthy relationship, open Honest, Honest communication, communication yeah. is the foundation stone. Yeah. And so I'm reading in the subtext of this question, but it sure does sound like there's some resentment on the part of the husband. Yeah. Because he's saying, she won't do the things that I want to do. I have to be on my own, but I don't want to tell her. And so there's resentment building up, yeah. which means there's a lack of communication, A, and a lack of alignment. Right. So we're heading in, in a, the wrong a direction. A dangerous yeah, which direction. I'm not saying that to the, if you're listening and, and you wrote that question, I'm not saying that it's doomsday. I'm no. not saying that it's hopeless. I'm just saying we need to start at the right starting block. Yeah, you need to sit down and have a conversation. I mean, um, I do think it's important for spouses to have fun together. 100%. And, um, and so you might have different values on what you think is fun, but it's so important for you to be able to say, let's, let's do the thing that you want to do. And yeah. let's, let's have a good time doing it. You love to, you, you enjoy sometimes when I go with you, when you golf. I like it when you're on the back nine. Right. Yeah. When I, when I ride with you in the cart or something yeah, like that. You hang out and we talk and you don't talk while I'm on the tee box. Yeah. Well, it's really hard for me to well, be out there and to not better. talk. Be better, right? Megan. And so sometimes it's it's a struggle for me to want to go. I, I enjoy being out there, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk too much. And so uh, I have to learn how to go, okay, you know what? Today I can, I can right. be a little more quiet. Today I can show up and be there because that's something that's valuable to you. You hate mm -hmm. to go shopping with me. You hate for well, me to, you're, you have this dream. It's I've a grown fantasy. a lot as a human. Not I a don't. sexual fantasy. It's like a fantasy <laughs> that I am frolicking through the courtyard of the mall. I definitely with don't want bags you to frolic. Of Yves Saint Laurent and Louis Vuitton just flinging on my arms and I mean, I'm I'll smiling. Take those bags. That sounds good. And I'm singing, Wouldn't it be nice if we were younger? <laughs> and you're just like looking back at me and you're laughing. And I'm just saying, Babe, you're the wife of my youth. Let's keep shopping. In fact, let's go into stores not with any agenda, but look at all the clothing and spend as much time. <laughs> all right, all let's right. Let's try on all the outfits you're and I'll sit here patiently. So much up. That I don't is have your that fantasy. idea. That is not my fantasy. Yeah, you it made is. that up. It is your fantasy. And it does, it is existed one time. Yeah. Last Christmas, so, I did it one time. You did. And I have decided I don't actually want that ever again. So it worked oh, out really well. Why? Because um, I'm a wretch. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, pick out what you need and let's get out of the store. How did you not know what you needed we before you got here? Why are we question? in the mall if you don't know what you're shopping for? Why would you do that? Guys, I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh my about. goodness. Okay. So we've diverted from the question with all of our personal examples. But the the bottom line is you've got to sit down and have Great. a conversation about what is valuable to you, what matters to you. And um, if you're the wife in this situation and your husband just shares with you, I, I feel like you're not willing to do anything that I want to do. You got to pause and hear that because remember, we've talked about this whole time as we're breaking down, having a healthy marriage. Like part of being married is being selfless. Part of being married is saying, you know what? I'm going to die to myself in this specific instance because this matters to my husband. And so I'm just encouraging you. You've got to slow down and make some time for that man that you love to do the thing that he loves to do and vice versa if this situation is reversed. Yeah, and it would also be very foolish of me for to expect that you want to come and ride in a golf cart for four and a half hours, say nothing at the appropriate times, be very, and talk like, at the appropriate talk times. At the, yeah, that would be horrible for <laughs> me to make that the expectation right. that if you don't meet that, then you don't care about what I care about. Just like the same with shopping. Yeah. There's a, a way to meet in the middle. Yeah. But it only happens if we're communicating and we're recognizing what is a realistic expectation and what is an unrealistic yeah. expectation. And I think that if you can't find alignment, what you do you bring do? In a coach. You bring in a coach. Yeah. And bringing in a coach means that you call somebody and say, hey, we're struggling on this. Can you speak to it? 
And that coach can go, oh, yeah, Megan, that's a ridiculous expectation. Yeah. You don't want that's miserable for him. But Carrie, maybe what you can do is say, okay, babe, we give you an hour and a half. Whatever you want to do, we can go into every god dang store on the planet and look at all the stupid <laughs> things. And, or maybe with, you just meet me for lunch. But with a great attitude and with a smile, because that, do you see that? So a coach yeah. can say that yeah. and you hear it. And it makes a, it's a game changer yeah. with you. But I think a lot of times we just have unreal, unrealistic expectations. I do think we have unrealistic expectations. And, th- and that can go for either spouse. 100%. So um, sitting down, having a conversation. If you can't find alignment, bring in a coach. I think that's good. You know, another question here says, my husband is super stressed at work. Yeah. And he comes home very tired, frustrated, and sometimes angry. I want to be there for him. And, and I think it's meant I want to help him. I want to help him. What, what can, can I, I do? do? I think that, first of all, I love this question. Yeah. I think any time that a spouse recognizes that she, so here she's recognizing my husband's feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. How do I help him the most? That's that right there. Yeah. Is that's like awesome. the linchpin to healthy marriages. Yeah. It's like that question we got earlier about should I, do I have to listen to my husband when he says submit? Well, this is the opposite. Right. It's in recognizing my wife going, needs oh, I something see a need. or my husband needs something. How do I help? Yeah. Them? So I just want to kudos to you. I don't know yeah. who wrote that question, but kudos to you because this is the right perspective of this. And I think, you know, this is going to sound odd, but I think the starting point would be to sit down and say, hey, I noticed you've been stressed lately. I know that you've been, I can see you're carrying this stress. What do you need for me? And I think if it was me, now not every guy's like this, <laughs> but if you were to come up to me and just slide your hand on the small of my back, yeah, because physical say, touch is yeah, your love language. But every guy likes to be touched <laughs> by his woman. Okay. So and just and you and it it's it's in admiration, not in hey you're not stressed in and you're being a jerk. Yeah. Totally different. And you were to go, babe, I can tell you, man, you're stressing. What's going on? How do you? What can I do? What do you need? Do you need a night alone? Do you need Do you need me to book golf for you? Mm-hmm. All I feel intrinsically is, oh, thank you. For noticing yeah and then i'm like i'm now i'm gonna try to be strong for you no 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 i'm good you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it's like gonna have the the response that you want yeah. because of how you approach me with that and then sometimes it might mean that you if for a guy specifically if if as the woman's asking this question honestly god built in stress release for marriage specifically for men and it's in physical intimacy yeah and so helping initiate that would be a helpful, I guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. And you know what I think thing. is sometimes a challenge there is when, um, when you feel like you're being treated with, right. Like, if they're projecting on you, you're like, screw you. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going to screw you. Actually. When the environment is hostile and yeah. frustrated and stressful, it's really hard to like turn the flip the switch and be like, Hey, I'm going to pursue you yeah, intimately. I would love to touch you um, when I'm naked. I would love that right yeah. now. Um, but I do think that it's doing the work. It's, it's maybe stepping into the other room and, you know, just, just going, I know, I know that my husband is not, he doesn't mean these things towards me. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's, he, he has got to be under some tremendous pressure. I want to connect with him. I want I want to help relieve some of that pressure. Mm-hmm. It's it's reminding yourself how much you care about your spouse. It's stepping away and going, I love them. I know this isn't personal. And and reminding yourself so you can get your mind in the, the right place yeah. to pursue that level of intimacy, I think. Yeah. And then at the right time, you could say, Hey, when you if I can bring something to your attention, when you do get stressed the experience on this side is kind of hostile or I, I can tell you're stressed by the way you talk or the way you don't talk. Yeah. So in those moments, what do you need for me? Yeah. So what you're saying is, Hey, you're being a jerk. You're being an, you're, you're candidly, you're saying you're being an a-hole, but what do you need so I can help diffuse the situation? Yeah. And that's huge. And the same goes for guys too, because listen, you, what we're hearing, what we're talking about here is there's an external force that's creating an internal conflict, and now I'm projecting it yeah. on you. Whether I'm the husband or the wife, it happens. Right. Long day, got home from work, and now you have to cook the meal, and the kids are just talking to you because they always ask for mom, they don't ask for dad, <laughs> and you need to bathe the kids, and you put them to bed, and then you come downstairs, and dad's like on the couch watching football, and you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I've been working all day. I have a job too. Oh, burped in my throat. It sounds like you've lived that experience before. I mean, it's possible. But my point <laughs> is that the same is true for the, the man to go, hey, I can tell you're stressed. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. 
I, I was you're a, great at that. Oh, uh, because you helped me see it. I was oblivious to it when we were younger. Cause like, I, I, when I come home, anytime we get like come home from anything, my first objective is to change into comfortable clothes as fast as I can and then sit down for 15, 20 minutes and then look at everything else. Oh, and you come home, you're like, I got to clean up the whole house. I'm going to dust the baseboards. I'm going to make sure that we you're so reorganize my closet. You're examples of me today. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to be exhausted and be ticked off because Carrie's sitting down and I've been cleaning the whole time. That is but not entirely the truth. It's not entirely wrong. But my I point, do want to sit down in peace, not in chaos. Yeah. And I don't, I want to sit down and have peace before I fix yeah. the chaos. But the point is this, I didn't realize you came home thinking those things. Yeah. And I, you know, when we had younger kids, yeah. I, I didn't think through bedtime routine. I just doesn't, I'm not, a, I'm not a mom. I'll never I, forget being so mad at you because we got home so late and the kids had to have a bath. They had to be put to bed, like all of the things. And I'm like, where is Carrie? Where has he disappeared to? And then I walk into our bedroom and you're like laying on the bed on your phone. And I was like, what are you doing? But you never, but what you but didn't I didn't. Do, yeah. So I was telling the story, I, but you I was interrupted. There. Yeah. So my point was, I wasn't paying attention to what was you were struggling with and you weren't asking for help. I didn't ask for help. And so I felt like you should just read my mind and that's never. And I felt idea. like you should have come in work. while I was laying on the bed and jumped on top of me and made love to me. <laughs> and that didn't happen either. So both dreams shattered. So my point is, but that's like apropos. Yeah. My point is that whole scripture of, of, of wives submit to your husbands. And then that whole scripture of hey, husbands, give yourself up for your wife as Christ gave up his life for the church. That's what it is. It's going, Oh, I, I know my wife needs something. I'm paying attention. She needs something. What can I do to help her? And the same with you. Yeah. Saying, what does my husband need? That's when the scripture says mutual submission, right? It's not a prying, trying to assert my rule of dominance over right, you. Right. That's it's just me. caring about the other person yeah. more than and, myself. And that's hard. Cause it, 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 it takes some time, but you can practice that. Yeah. That's great. You can practice that. You can make it. Uh, thank you for that encouragement. All right. Last question. Here it. we go. We're going to wrap this up in uh, just a few moments. Uh, this other question that came in. Oh, but yeah. Hmm. This other question was, in, in communication, we are complete opposites. Internal versus external processing. Can you share how to navigate this well? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know about navigating it well. I can share <laughs> how to navigate because when it comes to communication, Practice doesn't make perfect. No. Pra practice just gets you a little bit better. Yeah. But still, communication is the most important thing in any relationship, and it's the most discouraging yeah. and difficult thing. It's one of the hardest things. Yeah, because we all listen through the lens of the narrative that we have allowed or yeah. created, and we all speak through the lens of what we want our other, we want, we want how we want to be communicated yeah, yeah. to. And it just causes problems. But this yeah. is a great question. So what, what are some of the things that, that we've learned about internal versus external processes. Yeah. Um, if you are an internal processor, that means that you need some time before you can actually talk about something. Yeah. So if you're in a fight with your spouse and they, they're an external processor, they just want to hash it out right now, like hash it out until you get to resolve. And if you're an internal processor, you can't even think straight because you don't know what you're thinking. You need and hours you, and you maybe need, a day. You do. You need some time to step away from it, but you can't, you can't just, uh, go silent and ghost your spouse. You have to actually say, I want to have this conversation with you, but I'm going to need some time to process. So can we, we reconnect tomorrow and at talk this through time. this at this time, there needs to be a specific place and a specific time. Yeah. You can't just say, can we talk about it later? That doesn't work because that external processor feels completely unvalidated. And like, there's never going to be a time that we're going to talk about this. So if you're an internal processor, it's important that you say, can we reconnect and talk about this at this time and in this place? And then you need to think through what you're feeling and come prepared with some thoughts to share. You might have to write it down. You may have to take some time and make some notes on your phone so that you can remember what you want to share, but you've got to make sure that you come back to the conversation and the external processor. You can't, you can't force yourself to have the conversation right now because you need to get it done. You're going to have to respect your spouse and respect the fact that they need some time to process. So you're going to have to slow down and not say all of the things you want to say right then and there and you're gonna have to be willing to wait and come back to that later conversation to process then it's great and and so I would just also encourage you if you're an external processor words probably come really fast to you yeah and uh, the scripture tells us I think it's in James tells us to be slow to speak and slow to become angry and I found that the faster I start speaking in conflict the 
faster I become angry because I'm just like revving myself up to be the winner in this fight. And so I would encourage you that it is valuable to step away from the situation for a moment and then come back and process out loud. Yeah. You know, our, our, our marriage coach would, would say that the best thing you can do is start with awareness, Mm -hmm. like to be aware of what is happening in this conversation. In other words, usually for us, the first swipe, if you're an external processor, the first stab of communication is not actually what you mean or think. Right. And usually if you're an internal processor, it, you don't communicate or articulate it as best as you did when you thought it in your head. (laughs) Fact. Yeah. True. Uh, external processors don't think in their mind. They think by speaking. Right. Uh, and internal processors overthink, far too much and then it just doesn't come so we got to go all right i'm gonna i'm gonna listen through the lens of validation and understanding and i'm gonna while i'm doing that i'm gonna dual process i'm gonna process what they're saying and i'm gonna process my internal Mm -hmm. emotions what am i feeling what's my pulse doing what's my body language saying what is my mind thinking? Our marriage coach says, take inventory of what's happening in your body. Like, yep. you know, if you're getting super tense, there, there's something that's triggering that. 100%. And so you want to be aware. So awareness first and then regulation is second. Yeah. And regulation might mean that you in that moment go, uh, we need a timeout. Yeah. Let's just take, let's take a five minute timeout. You go to your corner and I'll go to my <laughs> corner <laughs> and we'll get taken care of and then we'll come okay. back and fight. Champ. Mashy. <laughs> it's like one of your favorite accents. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. That was an affirmation, but I it receive was. it as such. <laughs> uh, and then, so that the reason I'm taking time out, I'm going to work on breathing practices. The five, five, five is my favorite. Five seconds inhale, hold for five seconds, five second exhale. And what I'm, my, I'm giving myself an, a chance for, to allow my body to tell me what is happening. For me, my, my responses are almost always the same. It's never flight. It's always fight. It's how am I going to prove her wrong? And I'm getting revved up. And in my mind, you call it lawyer mode. I go into defense mode. So I'm going to make the case like an opening argument of freaking OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. And I'm like, Brrrr. so yeah, my you pulse been is racing. Profession. Yeah, I probably should. So <laughs> when I regulate, I'm having to be aware of what she's saying and thinking through that process, slowing down my pulse rate, slowing down my heart rate breathing and I'm thinking yeah. and now I'm trying to get to the place of why, what, what does she need to say? And that's really hard for an external processor to do. I don't know what it's like to be an internal processor. It could be yeah. easy for them, hard for them too. Yeah. I know some t- internal pro- processors that they just get pissed Yeah, and it's like raging against even the machine. Straight. Like they don't even know what to do. Yeah. So, um, so I don't, I don't know. I've never been an internal processor, but we're regulating and then, the best thing you can do anytime when somebody is sharing something is validate. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that when I said that, that's how you felt. I didn't realize, and and you can't apologize for how, I'm sorry you felt that way. That's not, that's a fake apology. You can say, I'm sorry that when I said that, that's how you felt. That was not my intention. You see what I'm saying? You have to listen. You have to listen to hear what they're saying, not listen to respond. Great. I think that's important because most of us listen with the defense mode in mind of how we're going to respond, but I have to actually listen to understand. And our our marriage coach can talk about this. Yeah. When, by the time this gets released, it has already happened. So it's too late. But there should be a recording. Listen to the recording on it because he talks about how to tango. Yeah. And that's exactly, we don't want to go into Me and my house week three. Yep. They can great. find it. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. On YouTube, Spotify, podcast, Facebook, MySpace, okay. all the things. <laughs> and uh, anyway, check that out. But the, then the whole point of that first wave is just to repeat, hey, okay, I th- what I'm, is this what I'm hearing you say? And that's it. I'm yeah. not going to come back with a retort yet. I'm just making sure they feel heard and understood. And that's the hardest part. It requires selflessness. Yeah. But at that point now, you can actually move forward. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the theme of marriage, right? Selflessness. hundred <laughs> percent. I think that's where we've arrived after all of these questions that have come in. Yeah. So. In I, good times and bad times. <laughs> I'll be by your side forevermore. You like that's it? That's what friends are I don't think for. this was a marriage song. It was no, a friend song. No, it's okay. Song. I just felt right. it. Dionne Warwick, man. Let's go. <laughs> Y'all don't even know who that is. You Google it. it. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I think that's it for us today. Is and that it? I think so. Talking about we marriage. We answered 36 questions. We did. It only took two podcasts and two <laughs> hours. That's right. So listen, we, we hope you loved it. We hope that you um, got a lot out of this. Again, if you're in Orange County, Let's come, go. come check us out at the Movement Church. We would love to hang out with you. Yeah, it is going to be the best church you've never been to. Right. Probably meet some of your best friends. I kid you not. We do authenticity well. Yeah. It is worth it. Come check us out. And do us a favor. If you liked this content, if it helped you at all, like it, subscribe to it, share it with your friends. It helps us get the word out there. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time That's on right. MC Unpacked.